Could how we treat robots be a reflection of our own morality? I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Andrew Maynard, author and professor in the School for the Future of Innovation and Society at Arizona State University. Welcome, Dr. Maynard. Great to be here. So what subjects do students at the School for the Future of Innovation and Society learn? Not surprisingly, they learn about the future. Um, but more importantly, what we do is we, we teach our students how to help other organizations plan for the future and navigate what's becoming an increasingly complex future. So to give an example of the sorts of things that our students will be able to do, um, imagine a large social media company that may be having problems around privacy and fake news. Our students, if they were around at the right time, would help that company understand what the consequences are of the things that they're doing and help them actually plan a way forward that would prevent those things happening. That sounds like a really good thing to understand right I today. I so, yes. <laughs> Your book, Films from the Future, The Technology and Morality of Sci-Fi Movies, came out roughly about a year ago. Yep. What prompted you to structure the book as a review of those dozen movies. Yeah, so it's really a book about socially responsible innovation, but that actually doesn't sound that exciting for a, a, a title. The work that I do uh, revolves around emerging technologies and some really interesting cutting edge technologies that could be fantastic, but also could have some quite dire consequences. Um, and I was really interested in how you help people work through these. So I, ordinary people who hear about things like artificial intelligence and the possibility of, of robots destroying life on Earth or gene editing and stuff like that, I wanted to work out how you help them understand not only the technologies, but the conversations around how we actually get them right. And it turned out that science fiction movies are incredibly good at helping to do this. So I ended up writing this book, which is built around these 12 science fiction movies, but really it's a book about how can we use the social insights from those to understand what's going on with tech innovation and how we use that, those insights to build a better world than we have at the moment. John Nundercoffler, founder and CEO of Oblong Industries, invented the computer interface used by the Tom Cruise character in Minority Report, and he's been a guest on the show several times. How prescient were the writers of this story? They were pretty prescient, although there was a bit of a chicken and egg thing. So what is fascinating about Minority Report, which is, of course, one of the movies, is that as the, the writer and producer um, of Minority Report came together, they actually got together a bunch of technologists and scientists to ask them, what's the coolest tech that we really should be putting into this movie? Um, and you see that in the movie. It's really well conceived. The irony is that companies then watched the movie and thought, that's really cool tech. We're going to have to build that. So you've got things like the Microsoft Surface now that, that mimics a lot of what you see. So yet they were prescient in that they talked to people who knew tech, but really they actually stimulated people's imagination in terms of how they developed tech after that movie. One of the questions that we get a lot is about bias and ethics and those kinds of things. What are some of the ethical questions presented to us from some of the best science fiction? Pretty much any good science fiction movie, I think, raises ethical questions because I, that, that's the grist that, that gives you that, that 
tension, that narrative tension in the movie. Um, so actually, I'm going to mention a movie which isn't in the book, but um, Terminator um, raises questions about what happens if we build what seems like a fantastic super computer, super intelligent computer, which then decides that the thing it can't really stand as humans and it tries to get rid of us. So that's an ethical conundrum. How do you make the difference or how do you sort of um, traverse the line between what we can do and what we should do? And of course, actually, that's that's a theme that comes out very strongly in a movie that is in the book, Jurassic Park, where you have this incredible ability to bring dinosaurs back from the dead. But the question is, just because we can do it, should we do it? And in that case, there are unintended consequences like the exhibits eating people. We mentioned a couple of technologies that we've seen in movies, including mezzanine uh, by, uh, by Oblong Industries and, and some others. Which of today's most destructive technologies did we first see in the movies? That's a tough one, um, especially the destructive side of things, um, because I, it, it's hard to actually sort of work out what is truly destructive with technology, because there's always an upside to anything. But I, I will mention two things that are really challenging us at the moment um, that have been in movies for a long time. The first is, is gene editing. The ability to take um, human DNA in particular, treat it like computer code. So you can now sort of redesign human traits. So this has been around for a while in, um, in movies, but we're now just beginning to get to the point where we're having to take those, those lessons and those narratives in movies very seriously because we're on the cusp of being able to do this in real life. The other one is artificial intelligence. Um, and I've, I would say up front that I think a lot of the concerns around AI are actually false, especially if you're looking at, at superintelligence arriving um, that decides that it's far better than humans and it's either going to treat us as slaves or, or get rid of us. I don't think that that's going to happen. But there are really serious ethical issues around what happens when we give a machine the ability to make life decisions for us. Um, and this is seen in a lot of movies. Um, in the book, the movie that really pulls this out is Ex Machina. Um, where we see this incredible artificial intelligence developed. And then we discover that actually the thing that the AI wants is not what its human creators want. Um, and it ends up with a couple of deaths and a, a lot of deep existential questions. But has modern technology created new ethical dilemmas for humans? Or are these really 21st century technology-driven versions of questions that humans have faced I don't know, since the dawn of civilization. Yeah, I, I think a lot of them are, are basic questions that have been around a long time. Um, if nothing else, because ethics are about what we as humans decide is, is appropriate or inappropriate, right or wrong in terms of how we do things. But there are one or two areas where I think new technologies have really pushed the boundaries of how we think about this. Um, and again, I, I touch on this in the book, but three areas. You take, first of all, the gene editing that we've mentioned. The fact that we've gone from just hypothetically being able to imagine coding humans to actually being able to code humans with their DNA, that's a step change which raises ethical questions because we can now do something that we couldn't. Second is artificial intelligence and robotics. Again, because we've created a capability that hypothetically we knew might exist in the past, but we're only now being able to build the capacity to actually do that. So again, in the past, ethical questions could have been hypothetical about what we do about artificial intelligence, machine learning. Now it's real. It's affecting people's lives. 
and we have to work out how to, to navigate that. And the third one really quickly is what we're doing with materials. So nanotechnology, for instance, and you can see that as coding in atoms and molecules. So in the past, we've been able to imagine what could we do if we could actually rearrange the atoms and molecules in any way we liked in um, materials. We can now almost do that. And again, it raises these deep questions around what we should do and what we shouldn't do, irrespective of whether we can or not. So these, to me, they've got a flavor of old ethical questions, but they're new because we're playing around with the fundamental base code of everything around us, whether it's cyber, whether it's biological, whether it's material. So I've got a question about robots. You, you, we've mm -hmm. talked about robots and ethics and and you and I have talked about um, an example in the military when there was this, you know, centipede or, or insect robot looking robot that was taking out, you know, identifying landmines. And right. they called it off because they didn't want to see this robot's legs keep flying off. They thought it was inhumane, but it's a, right. it's a robot. So what are the ethics behind harming <laughs> robots designed to help us? Such a tricky one. Um, and of course, I just as an aside, this is how the machines are ultimately going to control us. They're going to make us fall in love with them so that we, we actually don't want to do certain things with them. Um, but on one hand, yes, you can say it's just a machine. But there are two problems with that. Um, one is, at some point, there is the possibility, even though it might seem remote, that these machines become self-aware and sentient. And if we start along a pathway of treating them like slaves, the danger is we're going to carry on treating them like slaves even when we shouldn't be. So that is something we've got to take seriously, even though it might be in the future. To me, the bigger challenge, though, is how we treat machines is actually a reflection on ourselves and our own morality. Um, so, for instance, you think about those, those videos coming out of Boston Robotics where you have the, the dog-like robots or the human-like robots and people kicking them to, to try and sort of put them off their stride. It feels wrong. And it feels wrong, not because we're harming the robot, but because it's a reflection of our own insensitivity. And I think that that's the bigger danger here. Oh, I could not agree with you more. Dr. Andrew Maynard, professor at the School for the Future of Innovation in Society at Arizona State University and author of Films from the Future, The Technology and Morality of Sci-Fi Movies. You hit the nail on the head, Andrew. Thanks for joining us. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to get a copy of your book. How can they do that? Um, best place is tw um, Twitter. I'm at 2020 science. That's at 2020 science on Twitter. Love more followers. Um, and also as awful as it seems, um, Google me and you'll find really quickly um, a lot of stuff that I do, but more importantly, the link to where you can get more information about the book. Sounds wonderful. Thanks again, Andrew. And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.